Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And this is our drunk writing episode. Um, we've talked, we're going to be talking about um, John Grisham and Rule, um, E.L. James, Stephanie Meyer. And I just, I hope it's a really good episode for you guys. I love talking about writing. And it, 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 you know, it just makes me feel really good inside to share, like, some of the stories. Um, one of the stories that I didn't share, um, that I'm going to share now, is about the time I met Jackie Collins. Now, I don't know if you guys realize this or not. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I realize I say um a lot, and I also realize that I don't really care. Um, you guys seem to like it, so... Whatevs. Anyways. It, we're gonna go back to 2013. <clears throat> Actually, 2014. It was February. And... I was a little bit down because I didn't have a Valentine. Uh, I was a freelance writer. And I was doing alright. Not as well as I would want. But then, you know, that's I think that's everybody. In the, anyways, um, Confessions of a Wild Child was coming out, and I'd already bought my copy, because super Jackie Holmes fan, but she was going to be appearing on the Upper East Side, and I kind of debated whether I wanted to go, because I was feeling sad that day, like I said, and uh, one of my friends was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to meet her. Get your ass out there. Little did I know that that was actually very good advice. Uh, seeing as she would die um, just a little bit more than a year later. So I, I did take her advice. And I, instead of taking the train or the bus, I, I walked. And the walk did me really some good. I get there, and I listen to her read, and it dawned on me that I wanted the same thing. I wanted someone, I wanted an audience to come out for me. I wanted people to trudge through the snow, go through Central Park, all in an effort to hear me speak. And... I, you know, so I, I was listening to her read from Confessions of a Wild Child, and to be honest, I, I was a little, um, I don't want to say bored, but I, you know, basically Confessions of a Wild Child, if you don't know, is an origin story of Lucky Sant'Angelo, and it was a little, um, repetitive for me because I'd already read chances, and I had basically read this story. Um, the only thing that she did here was um, blow up some details, change a few things. And I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. The book is really phenomenal. And she um, she was signing books after. And, <clears throat> you know, and the thing I loved about Jackie Collins is everyone got a personalized 
statement. Um, uh, mine was stay lucky, Ed, good luck with your writing, XOXO Jackie. And I, you know, it, it sounds really crazy to people, but that's something I carry with me. Um, do I think, like, my success would have filled her with pride? Probably not. She probably didn't even remember me. But for me, it meant the world because it was, like, this beloved author who I've idolized for so long wants me to succeed. Um, but anyways, afterwards, she did a Q&A with, with a bunch of us writers. And... And, and you've, I'm sure you've seen the quote, if you've ever looked for a Jackie Collins quote, this one comes up a lot. And I, if you're on my Twitter feed, you've seen it a lot because I've, I've posted it and reposted it so many times, it's not even funny. Um, but one of the writers asked her what advice she would give to um, up-and-coming writers. And her answer was... Right. Don't talk about it. Don't say you're going to. Don't talk about your plot or, you know, whatever you're doing. Just write. And I asked her, I, um, my question was, I don't outline. I just, you know, I sit down and I, I just write. Do you think I should outline? And she said, no, I don't outline either. I write in my notebook. And then I transfer it over to... And I edit and revise as I type it into my computer. And that kind of really just summed up everything for me. Like, because, you know, there were, there's all these other writers out there who will tell you, oh, you're not doing this right. Oh, you shouldn't. Whatever. But the truth is, whatever your writing style is, you know, if you're like me and you just sit and you, you write... That's okay. If you sit and you outline and you're so meticulous in your plotting, that's okay too. You know, there's there's no one right way to do this. And that's what Jackie Collins taught me. And that's why um, when she passed, it was such a, such a tragedy. Because not only did we lose... A great writer, but up and coming writers like myself lost a great mentor who believed that everyone should succeed. So um, that's it for my my story. I hope you enjoyed the rest of the episode as well. Um, I I'm gonna go. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think. Ed at authoredanderson.com. Tweet me at authoredA. Um, send me a message on Facebook, um, authoredanderson. Instagram at um, authoredanderson. Enjoy the episode, guys. And I'm back. So, this is going to be a drunk writing segment. I really love the drunk writing segments. Um, we might do more um, over on the Patreon because it's they're just really so much fun for me. Will's going to make me use production notes for those, but I digress. <clears throat> so 
So one of my favorite authors is John Grisham. I, this probably doesn't shock people. Maybe it does a little bit because I do love Jackie Collins so much and they seem to be very, very different writers. And they are, and that's why I love them both. Jackie is the one I most want to emulate because she's the one closest to my own style naturally. But John Grisham just, you know, he builds the tension in. He's the kind of writer that I wish I could be. So he was on a podcast. Um, and he said something that was kind of interesting. Um, the podcast is called Wrongful Conviction. And he said that John Christian told the host that he scours the New York Times obituaries for story ideas. And that's how he started writing The Innocent Man. Um, here's his exact quote. Um, this is about Ron Williamson, um, the main person in, in The Innocent Man. He was my age, my same background, and I read that he had come within five days of being executed for a murder he did not commit. To write these fantastic stories about people you've never heard of, I always check out the obituaries. Which is a great, great resource. I never should have thought about that. See, most of my ideas either just pop into my head or, you know, I'll, you know, because I'm always reading. I'm always doing something. And then I get inspired. Um, oh, for my true crime book, for my true crime book, Love, Love You to Death, I got the idea because um, he who... He Who Does Not Exist, a.k.a. Stalker, was really into true crime. And he wanted to read with me. So I had bought a couple of true crime books um, for us to read and share and talk about. And, you know, I, I avoided it to a point because it just didn't seem like my type of thing. And then I kind of started... Um, I. I asked for vulgar favors, the assassination of Gianni Versace for Christmas uh, last year. And Dave and his husband bought it for me. And I read it and it was so salacious and so good and juicy. It was very gossipy. And I was like, oh my God, I could write this. And just in FYI, there will be a lot of true crime episodes that go straight to Patreon. That's happening. Just so you know. So anyways, I think I'm in, you know, so with Love You to Death, I was kind of looking for something to do that was kind of anti-Valentine's Day. Um, and it turned out that what I really wanted, what I was really looking for was to write a true crime book. And I, I found a story, um, it's of Ruth Snyder. Very, very intriguing story. Um, she, this was back in the 1940s. Um, in New York. Basically, she killed her husband. She and her lover killed her husband. And I was like, oh my god. Like, this is totally something I could do. And then, so then I started finding more stories. And um, I wrote I wrote a part that was about the murder in 
in Celebration, Florida, which used to be owned by Disney. And that didn't really fit in with the rest of the book, so that's going to go somewhere else. But I was like, you know, my style is very gossipy and, you know, very relatable, and let's talk about this. And so that's what I started doing. And if you look at Vocal, they have me writing a lot of true crime. Because people actually love, they really respond to my true crime articles. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I'm really touched that people love it. Um, I just finished up the last chapter before I do my edits and publish, hopefully on Thursday. If not, it'll be next, um, within the next couple weeks that I publish Love You to Death. Um, but the one I'm, the one I just finished up was one that just kind of like, oh, I might actually steal this for myself and whip it into a whole other, um, into a fiction story. And kind of the same thing with um, the Jeff Bezos story. I'm really wanting to whip that into something, into a Jackie Collins-esque novel because I just think it would be a lot of fun. And people say, well, you know, aren't you worried that you're, you're going to confuse your fans or you're not going to sell as much because you keep genre hopping? No, I'm not worried about that at all, to be honest. And I'll tell you why. First of all, my fans are the best in the world. Um, but I'm also at the very beginning of my career. Yes, I've been writing for nine years now, but I've not really published that often or that much. And what I have published hasn't really made a mark. So what I'm more concerned about right now is getting the material out there, seeing what people like, and seeing how I can make it even better for them. And speaking of making things better for them, for people, I'm going to go and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So one of the things that... We're going to do another drunk writing session just because I, I kind of liked yesterday's. Um... And it kind of cleared my head and made me think about um, some edits I needed to make to Love You to Death. Um, So today, before I did my social media job, I wrote an article about James Dean. Excuse me. Basically, um, and if you want to read it, go to Vogel Media. Um, You might be able to plug in the title. It's called uh, The Fall and Rise of James Dean. Dean, of course, is spelled D-E-E-N. And um, the whole thing is all about how James Dean was basically the first, uh, really the first person that was swept up in the Me Too movement. It didn't have that name at the time. Um, But an ex-girlfriend came forward and said, hey... Like, he raped me. And then a co-star said, yeah, like, I was taking a shower. I was step- I stepped out of the shower, grabbed my towel. He came up behind me and thrust his dick into my ass. She was much more eloquent with her words, but you get the point. Um, <clears throat> and so as I was thinking about this, like, as I was writing it, 
it dawned on me, like, James Dean was considered a hero. Like, um, my, the words I wrote were, uh, uh, not only very true, but they were very, um, profound. Because this was a man who really, he was the all-American porn star. Guys wanted to have drinks with him. They wanted to play wingman to him. They wanted him to get laid. Ladies loved him. He was the nice Jewish boy that they could take home to mom and dad without feeling embarrassed. The um, most porn producers loved him. His scenes made money. They would get hundreds of thousands of views, if not millions. He was hired um, to help Farrah Abrams, the teen mom, make her sex tape. Um, a few years ago, he was hired to star opposite Lindsay Lohan in the movie The Canyons. And then he lost it all when these allegations came out, as he rightfully should have. And now he's starting to make a comeback, which is where I'm picking up the writing thread. Let's see. Y'all thought I was just talking about writing an article and advertising it. Yes and no. <laughs> so as I was writing this article, I really... So when I, when I write anything, I have no idea where I'm going. Um, not all, Will is a producer, um, and he has some really great ideas, but he's also a fellow writer. And I'm starting a new project... After I finish up Love You to Death, um, Anne has been just instrumental in helping me. Um, and, and so has Natalie. Um, both have listened to me, they've both consoled me and let me know that I'm actually good at what I do and not to freak out so much about um, never having written in this genre before. Um, but as I, like, as I was writing this article today, I really had no idea where I was going. Like, I knew the general thrust of what I wanted to say. <clears throat> I knew, um, how I wanted to end, basically how I wanted to end the arc, so to speak. But it was just the whole getting there. And, you know, making sure everything flows nicely and whatever. And I went, I, I submitted it, and my editors loved it. And I was like, you know, it, it really was genuinely a shock. Um, not because I think I'm a horrible writer or anything, but more because I just didn't know what to do with it all. So... First of all, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to my to to my editors. Y'all are wonderful. I would be lost without you. And for those of you who are writers like me, um, you don't know where you're starting. You don't know where you're going with whatever piece you're working on. I just want to encourage you not to stress about it. I just want to encourage you just to write because... A bad first draft is better than no draft at all. 
And, you know, tomorrow, I don't know what I was going to say there. Um, in any case, I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, uh, as you guys know, I'm working on my very, very first fantasy project. And fantasy this time does not mean erotica. I'm just as shocked as you guys are. <laughs> I can I can actually hear Mandy saying yay. Um, for those of you that don't know, me and Mandy go way back to the, um, when Soap Central was still called the AMC boards. Um, and... During that time, she's actually watched my career evolve from Retail Queen to Queen of Erotica. <laughs> Which is a title I gave myself. Hopefully, Mandy will like tweet or Facebook this or something so that way I can start using the title without seeming narcissistic. <laughs> Anyways. Um, during As I transitioned over to... Um, a writing career. I found myself having a talent for writing erotica. Which is wonderful. Like, I love erotica. I love writing about sex. Um, I've written... I think every single... Um, niche. I've done... Obviously, um, gay male sex. I've done lesbian sex. I've done... Um, heterosexual sex. I've done transgender sex. Um, I've done interspecies. Um, magic sex. I I really don't think that there's anything I haven't written about. Um, but but gay male is what I'm best known for. Uh, and, uh, you know, lately I have been transitioning out. My book, Shape of Love, is a transgender romance. And I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do, like, a sweet romance. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and I, I'm really so proud of um, Shape of Love. Uh, just because I, I set out to tell a story, and I, and I told it. One Death to Live is a, um, a satirical take on a soap opera story. Um, and that's, that's just, that was so much fun to write. Um, Crazy Rich Homos, which Will is helping me read and edit at this time, um, for a possible June release, um, is, is technically a romantic comedy, but it, it features a lot of hardcore sex. A lot of hardcore sex. Um, and of course, Love You to Death, my true crime book, is... Um, it, it's not erotica, but there, sex plays a big role in it. <laughs> because, of course, it does. But the, this fantasy project is one that I'm most nervous about because true crime is just like my gossip. I can... You guys know I love to talk about, you know, celebrities and misbehaving and all that. And it's easy for me because I can... I read the story... I get my thoughts together, and then I tell you guys about it. 
And that's the way it was for Generation Gossip. That's the way it is for Drunk Gossip. That's the way it is for um, Terry and Anderson. My upcoming show with Will on YouTube. Um, and that, that's just it. Like, but the fantasy is like, um, yes, there's, there's some romance. There probably will be some sex. Um, but there's so much more. There's like world building and like really stretches beyond your imagination. So I was doing some research and Stephanie Meyer came up. Now, y'all know I'm not a big Twilight fan. Because the the books were just atrocious. In the in the other series that came out that were based that were started out as fan fiction, um Fifty Shades of Grey. Um by E. L. James. Oh my god. That is not erotica, that is that is torture. That is pure torture. Um I I tried to read it and it's just not accurate. You know, I, I'm not a BDSM person in my in my own life, but I've written about it and I know how Doms act. I know how subs act. And Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele do not represent what that community actually is. And, in fact, it really pisses that community off. But that's... We'll go into that another time. Um, maybe tomorrow, maybe... Um, maybe Friday, I'm not sure. Because, again, I don't use production notes, which I'm going to get yelled at for. Um, but, so... I'm writing a short story right now just based in the world. That way I can get comfortable with it. Will is um, Will and Natalie are going to read it for me. You guys remember Natalie. Um, she's made an appearance, I believe, on here. Will is obviously the producer. Um, but they both agreed to read it for me because I'm just, like, freaking out. And it's really an uncomfortable position for me because, you know, you... You you give me a true crime to write about, and you tell me how many words, and I can get it done within an hour. Um, love you to death. My first draft, if I told it up all the time that I took and actually wrote it, probably my first draft would probably have taken me maybe 15 hours, not including research. That 15 hours is just writing time. Um, when you add in the research, it, it would have been, like, three days. Because I, I did a lot of painstaking research. And by painstaking, I mean I went through Google. Um, I actually emailed a lot of the police departments using, um, the Freedom, Freedom of Information Act. Um, but you guys don't care about that. We'll talk about how my process for true crime, um, tomorrow or Friday. Um, but what you guys do care about is, I just, I just literally blanked out. (laughs) You guys do care about the fantasy because that's what we're talking about here. You know, there's no amount of research is going to help me tell this story. Um, because even though it's kind of based on a certain aspect of history, Everything is literally made up in my mind. Because I... Um, the, the story idea kind of started out as a historical fiction idea. Which was scrapped because 
me and historical fiction can help it along. <laughs> historical fiction is fine. I do. I I appreciate the genre. Um, I'm just not the right person to be writing in it, and it and that's okay. Um, but I've been going on for almost eight minutes now, and this is not even supposed to be the long segment. So, um, I'm working on a fantasy book. Stephanie Meyer sucks. Um, and she was fired off a drama from the BBC because she sucks. So, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be right back. Okay, and I'm back. So, all this week we've been doing, um, drunk writing segments. And it's not gonna be any different. So last in the last episode in the or in the last segment, depending on when you're listening to this, um, this could be the drunk writing compilation episode. I don't know. In um, anyway, in any case, um, I I told you I was going to talk about the how I got into erotic writing. So and and how I know that Yale James is full of shit. So here we go. Will is going to kill me for this because I'm supposed to be not doing... I'm supposed to have production notes in. There are no production notes ever for me. Um, Anyways. So my erotic career started really by mistake. And that sounds funny, but it... I'm not really uh, making a joke here. It's serious. I I I really didn't know what I was doing. I entered a contest um, on writing.com. And when I wrote the story, I kind of just figured, what the hell... I just want to have some fun with this. Now, one of the things about me that I think I've talked about before, but if not, um, it, this really drives people crazy, is I my first draft is usually the best draft I have. For some reason, the quality starts to sink the more I revise and edit. It, it's something that I'm learning with uh, Love You to Death. I'm also learning it... Um, as I'm writing this short story, um, to, it, as an introduction to me and a couple of other people into a new world that I'm creating. Anyways, so I, so I wrote this, this story, um, it's called The Ad, and I went back and read it, and it's god-awful. I cannot believe I read it, or I cannot believe I wrote it, rather. And it's about... This, these two men who, one answers an ad online, and these they the two main characters hook up, and and basically have sex, but I don't actually write the sex scene. And the big twist at the end, of course, is that they're actually a couple and whatever. And so the judge 
of the contest, um, sent me a review and was like, hey, like, it, this is an interesting story, but I would have preferred if you had gone full throttle with the sex. Like, just show me the sex. And, I, you know, I was honest. I was like, I didn't think I was allowed to. And they were like, oh, yeah, like, you're a lot, you know, this is what you do, blah, blah, blah. So the next, um, the next time I entered a contest, I actually wrote a full-fledged erotica. And some bitch, I won. And then, I, this is a time when I was starting to transition. And I, um, I noticed that there were a lot of erotic, um, pieces, or a lot of, Clients who wanted erotica written for them. And so I started applying to those jobs. And I, out of ten that I applied to, I probably landed like five of them. And it was during this time that I started having to explore things outside of my comfort zone. One of them being um, BDSM. And what I discovered was the dom-sub relationship is not what's portrayed in Fifty Shades of Grey, which is why I bring up E.L. James. To a certain point it is. Like, obviously, Christian Grey is very dominant, and, but it's not a... Doms are not cold people. Subs are not weak people. And that's what really bothers me about that that series is, you know, Christian is strong and whatever. And yes, you know, maybe he has a few chinks in his armor and, you know, this woman screwed him over and whatever. But that's not how it works. In a true dom-sub relationship, there's a lot of trust, there's a lot of respect... And there's a lot of trust between the two of them. You know, there's there are safe words used. And in the James Dean story that I wrote, he's, um, it's called, uh, I, and we talked about this before, it's the, the Fallen Rise of James Dean. And one of the aspects that I didn't really get a chance to get into because I was limited by word count... Um, but one of the things that I, that I wanted to talk about in that was, you know, the scene he's doing with hardcore BDSM, and apparently it's something that he actually likes to practice in real life, which is why the ex-girlfriend who accused him of rape said she said her safe word. Now, Jameson is not a good example for my argument here. But what I what I'm trying to um, convey is, if you're going to write something outside of your 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 knowledge base, do some research. I I talk to doms. I've talked to dom men, dominatrix, which are dom women. Um, I talked to a sub of both genders. You know, and before I get yelled at, at when I did this research. I wasn't, I didn't really talk to transgender people because 
I really didn't know I was supposed to. That was my mistake, and I should have. But nonetheless, I have... I, I did my research with what I thought I needed. And I... To, uh, and the other thing is, I can't imagine that... It's going to be much different from what I've already been told, because literally... Only the wording was different, but the meaning was the same for what the, the um, dumb men and women and sub men and women said to me. And it was all universal respect and trust. Christian Grey does not respect Anastasia, and Anastasia clearly doesn't trust Christian. And that's why that series falls flat. Yes, I know it makes her like a million dollars a week and good on good on the E. L. James. But the truth of the 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 truth of that matter is she didn't do her research and it shows. She wrote a fan fiction story and got lucky. When you actually put in the time and the effort to learn about things, maybe you're not gonna make a million dollars a week, maybe you know, you're not going to make the soccer mom squirt. But at least you, you've put in the, the time and effort to try and, and learn and not be stereotypical about segments of people. And I'm going to go and I will be right back. Alright, so you guys just missed me slapping myself in the forehead. Um, because I, all week we've been doing drunk writing and tonight's not any different. But I was trying to figure out where in the world, how I was going to connect what I wanted to talk about to the world of celebrity. And so then I, 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 I draw inspiration from one very classy lady. Her name is Anne Rule. When I was a kid, I say kid, when I was 14, 15 years old, maybe a little bit younger, I wouldn't, no younger than 13, um, I read a book called A Rose for Her Grave by Miss Anne Rule. And it was, it was my first exposure to true crime. And I remember I read that book forwards and backwards and my parents had no idea why I love the book so much partly because it, there was a lot of sex in it I'm not gonna lie <clears throat> she didn't it wasn't graphic it was very you know they got naked and then do 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 whatever it was no Jackie Collins who I also read when I was a kid um but anyway so I, but I never thought of myself as being a true crime writer. Because it takes a lot of research and, you know, I'm not a research kind of person. Even now, like, I'm... Um, Will is helping me start a fantasy book. A fantasy project, I should say. It's going to be a trilogy. Um, there's no plans for publication at this point. I'm, I'm kind of debating if I'm going to send it out to a traditional publishers or... Or self, um, self-publish. That's all way far out. I'm not even thinking about that at, at this stage. 
But what I am thinking about, the book I am thinking about, which is going through an editing phase right now, it's called Love You to Death. And it's my very first true crime book. And as I... Excuse me. As I have worked on piecing together, for a long time I was trying to mimic Anne Rule's style. Because she was a very, very brilliant writer. And just like with the um, with my love of Jackie Collins, I realized, yes, Jackie Collins is also a very brilliant writer. But it's not my style. I have to do things that are my style and make it work my way. You know, it, it's fine to take inspiration from Anne Rule and Jackie Collins. But I have to do it. I have to do things that feel right to me. And my style, as you guys can tell, because I put out a new episode of Drunk Gossip every single night, or at least I have for the last two weeks, is very gossipy, very like, oh my god, girl, can you believe this shit? Um, and so that's what's, that's what's happening with Love You to Death. I wanted to get it out for Valentine's Day. Um, just kind of as a, like, a fuck you to, to everyone. But then I realized I'm actually happy with where I'm at. Um, and, you know, it, it's just such a great, great feeling. And I want, when I put out my, when I put out Love You to Death... I actually want this to be a start of a new career for me. I, I've been writing true crime articles. My very first true crime article came out last... Goodness. Um, last... September or so? Um, it's called The Forgotten Scam. And it was all about the McDonald's scam where... The dude was stealing the prizes and selling them for a percentage of the the whatever the prize was. And when I did that, I was like, oh, like this is really cool. You know, I can kind of I can kind of see maybe making this into a book. And I'm 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 still working on that. I what I always do is I try to see what the interest level is. And there was a really high interest level, especially with my take on the, on it. So I'm, I haven't started my preliminary research yet because so much other stuff going on. Um, but with Love You to Death, I already knew that there was. With the forgotten, with the forgotten scam, I just, I didn't really think about it being a crime. Um, even, I know it was people were charging, whatever. But it was just one of those things where kind of like, hmm, okay, yeah, I can... I, I can see this being any number of things. But with Love You to Death, it's all about people being murdered. And, you know, you have Dateline, 48 Hours. Um, 48 Hours. I, did I say that twice? I think I did. Um... ABC's 2020, they all do these kind of stories. And the reason why they do them all over and over and over again, the reason why the ID channel exists is because people love true crime. Um, 
you know, and I, I was just like, what the actual, uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me, like, <clears throat> but then I, I started getting into it, um, and I'm going to tell you about one really fast, so one of the articles that, or one of the pieces that I wrote was of, from my home state of Michigan, um, St. Joseph's Township. And it, I actually have a special kind of connection to that because my friend who passed away, Taisha, and I went on a road trip down to St. Joseph because she got a ticket on her way back from Chicago and she had to um, go down to the courthouse and, and fight the ticket. So she asked me to go with her. Anyway, so in in St. Joseph, uh, a guy came home from the army, was celebrating New Year's Day with his, or New Year's Eve with his dad, left to go home to his pregnant wife, or uh, he went, he left to go home to his wife who had just had a baby, and was killed. And with beta, like as I was reading all these articles and getting all the research together, like, I reached out to the St. Joseph Police Department and just gathering all this information. And I realized, like even though I knew what had happened, piecing it together and bringing it all together into this symphony of wonderfulness really kind of was so thrilling to me. So ultimately, um, just so I can wrap this up, so, because again, this, this went 10 minutes, I'm very sorry, guys. Anyway, so ultimately, it was revealed that the wife had taken a lover because she was also in the army. And while she was stationed overseas, she hooked up with this dude, they came back to the States, they found out that they were actually on the same base in Georgia, they kept fucking. She wanted to get rid of her husband, but she didn't want a divorce because with a divorce, she wouldn't get anything. But if he died, if he was killed in this random act of violence, the army would pay her benefits, plus life insurance money. So she probably walked away with about half a million dollars. Her and her lover now are standing trial. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be found guilty. Uh, but that's the sort of thing that you can look forward to when Love You to Death comes out. And that's how I started writing True Crime. Um, and <laughs> so uh, just, just the, so there's no hanging threads here. I, as I was trying to find a way to connect it to Anne Rule and a, a newsworthy story, I looked, her, I looked her up and realized she wrote The Stranger Beside Me, which was about Ted Bundy, who has been trending lately because Zac Efron is playing him in a new movie, and Netflix actually had to yell at people and say, stop fantasizing about a serial killer. What the actual fuck? I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I am back. And I have a bombshell for you guys. A bombshell, I tell you. 
I love soap operas. Um, in case you didn't get the message with, um, my satirical soap novel, One Death to Live, or the fact that I'm constantly talking about soap stars, Susan Lucci, I think, is one of the greatest actresses, most underrated, definitely. <clears throat> um, Allison Sweeney deserves a much bigger career than what she has. Wow, and if you if you look at it, actually, the biggest loser was super duper popular when she was a host. Once she left, that's why it went downhill really fast. I'm just saying. Um, but at the pinnacle of all of this is one writer who, for me, towers above everyone else. I'm talking, of course, about Agnes Nixon. For almost 50 years, until um, 2011, when both, both of her shows that were still on air were canceled, there was an Agnes Nixon show on the air. And among the most popular... Um, of course, she created All My Children and One Life to Live. And um, at one time, All My Children had a spinoff, Loving, and then after a little while, Loving morphed into The City. Which, for those that don't know, The City was the very first TV show to include a transgender character. So Agnes Nixon was way ahead of her time. Uh, and, and we knew this. Um, she tackled abortion with Erica Kane, her most popular character ever, um, on the heels of Roe v. Wade. Um, so a couple years ago, uh, I believe it was 2015, uh, just she passed away just before her memoir, uh, All My Life. I think that's what it was called. Hold on, let me double check for you. Anyway, her just before her memoir was released, she passed away. So we never really got to hear. We never really got to hear her talk about it or, you know, tell us. Um, the book is called My Life to Live. If you don't have it, go buy a copy, I promise you. If, especially if you're a soap fan, the way it's written is just, it's so wonderful. Anyways, um, I totally lost track of what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, so, oh, you know, she was just ahead of her time. Um, and in her memoir, she talks about some of this stuff. But she mostly talks about herself and the things that she went through. Um, her marriage, her relationship with her parents, um, the man that she loved and was murdered, or not murdered, but was killed in war, and what it was like to be a working mom back in the day when working moms didn't really exist. 
and it, you know, it just, it's such a light, breezy read that you forget that this is about someone real. And this is not a review of my, li- my life to live. <laughs> so, as I was reading it, um, a lot of people know, and I think all my listeners do since I've talked about it on here before, but just in case you don't, um, I was in an abusive relationship, and at one time I had planned on writing my memoir. Now, the thing about my writing style is I try to be funny. And I, Tanya, proved that you can do a black comedy with um, with domestic abuse. But I, Tanya, was years after I was I was thinking about writing this and it's much different when it's Hollywood writing it for someone else than it is when you're writing it yourself. So I started the project, my friend Mary T, who will hopefully be co-hosting with me one day. Um, like, she has the first chapter. She read the first chapter already. And it really upset her. <clears throat> because I just, I, just like everything else in my life, I, I, I put it all out on the line. I choose to live my life in the public if there's ever a tabloid, like if I'm ever big enough and the tabloids are coming after me. I've already told my family, I'm like, go go tell your stories. Go go tell them. And tell them to come to me and ask me. I will give them the comment. I will talk to them about it. I don't care. I have no shame. You tell them that you call me fucking an alien? I was fucking that alien. I, it was the best damn orgasm I've ever had. Um, and people think I'm lying, but no, like, I really would. Because everything I went through got me to where I am today. And where I am today is what I'm proud of. Um, but memoir writing is not for everyone. And eventually, while the project's not completely scrapped, it's been placed on an indefinite hold because I need time to... Um, even though it's been a long time, I, I still need time to heal... And I need to figure out how I want to say it. And I started noticing, you know, like a lot of what she went through bled into her soaps. Um, Class warfare, working mothers being demonized, um, the war. So I started looking at some of my own writing and I noticed... I'm the same way, like, um, in Crazy Rich Homos, my, my special guy, and, like, it's based on me and my special guy, and what I imagine meeting his parents is gonna be like, and, um, but a lot of my own insecurities kind of bled in there. Insecurities about being lied to and not being valued enough, not being trusted, things like that. Um, even with Love You to Death, my true crime book that I'm working on, you know, there's there's quite a few lines where I'm like, this is a cheating horse, she deserves to be in prison. And I have to remember, like, 
I mean, yes, I'm passing judgment because she helped orchestrate the murder. But also, maybe I should not be so judgmental. Um, so I want to know if you guys go through the same things. Let me know. You you know all my points of contact by now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Junk Rating. Uh, I'm going to try to do more of them. Um, probably, I'll probably put them together throughout the week and then publish on the weekends. Anyways, thank you for listening. Um, let me know what you think of this. I'm sending much love to you all, and I am lifting my martini glass and saying cheers.